Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. And I am in Mirror, Alberta in my office, as you can see. Uh, got a new background on my desktop. I kind of like it. It's pretty catchy. Anyway, uh, how's everyone doing tonight? Thank you for joining me for this uh, this live stream podcast with David Parker from Take Back Alberta. Uh, you might be wondering why I'm why am I going to do a, a podcast with Dave Parker? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, David has been doing some really interesting things over the last couple of years. One of the things that he's done is he's encouraged and motivated and actually educated Albertans as to why they should get involved with politics, how they can do it, and uh, you know what happens, what's the follow-through after you do. And he's been quite successful along with the other folks at Take Back Alberta. So I figured uh, it would be a perfect time to have a chat with him. I know some of you have questions. Probably many of you have questions for him. Uh, just like I am, he's also somewhat controversial, and that's a good thing. So let's welcome to the... Chris Sands Kerry show because Kerry is doing karaoke right now. Uh, Mr. David Parker with Take Back, Take Back Alberta. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me, Chris. My pleasure. How are you doing today? You look a little bit tired. A little bit tired. Yeah, we got uh, long nights and uh, early mornings going on right now with uh, the arrival of my my child. But uh, but I'm, I'm I, you know, honestly, I can't complain. I know people often have a lot of difficulty with children, and he's sleeping quite well. So. That, that at least is, is very good. Well, it's worth it. And congratulations to you two, by the way. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. What, what better way to fight the uh, anti-human ideology I, than create another human, right? I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. I mean, I was even, I was even talking with my wife about it tonight and I was saying, it's just incredible. We've, we've created someone who's going to get hopefully 80 years worth of experience on this planet. Like that's, you know, how long most people live and you never know it could be anything but uh it's just precious that that time has been created from nothing it's beautiful absolutely one of the uh one of the blessings of creation for sure so besides that uh what have you been up to lately what's happening in david parker's world well it's been a, a wild ride i'll tell you uh i was not expecting to get the the level of uh attention that we've been getting lately Obviously, very happy to see what's happening. But I guess the highlight reel is over 3,000 people have signed up to go to the annual general meeting already, and it's five weeks away. And this is the annual general meeting for the United Conservative Party of Alberta. We believe at Take Back Alberta, and it, and it seems to be looking like this is more and more likely that this will be the largest paid for conservative event in Canadian history a political event, conservative political event. Uh, it's going to be bigger than the Conservative Party of Canada event that uh, Pierre just put on in Quebec City. Wow. And I think that's because Albertans are, are waking up to the realization that they need to be involved in their democracy unless they want things to continue going the way that they are. Uh, yeah. So I'm very encouraged by that. And then also, uh, we're bringing in a absolute world-class speaker on... Um, the basically he's, he's written a book called the Marxification of education. His name's James Lindsay. And he's been on Joe Rogan three times. He's been on Jordan Peterson's podcast. And uh, I think he's got a very big audience and he's been talking about this problem for quite some time. And 
I think the thing I appreciate about him most is that he has done all of the research. He's read all of these, all these articles that these woke people write, these journal, this, this whole pedigree of thought, like the academia, all this crap that's going on in academia. He actually read a lot of it to try to figure out what's going on. And he has, in my mind, the best articulation. He, he is the best at describing what we're up against of anyone I've ever encountered. And he lives in uh, Tennessee in America, but he's graciously coming to Alberta for two stops, one in Edmonton and one in Calgary. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I was bringing him in. We're just going to do take back Alberta meetings with him. And then uh, what was really fascinating and amazing, I would say, was he, uh, you know, he posted the graphic for our, for the meeting we were having and it got 750,000 impressions across. So where, where was this? This was on Twitter, on X, Twitter, formerly Twitter. Okay. And so he posted it, but then, but then what happened was the two venues that we posted, this was 24 hours after we posted it, they canceled on us. I said, we don't want to have an event with James Lindsay because a bunch of, you know, the woke Albertans started calling and trying to cancel our venue. And then the next day, Eventbrite uh, canceled us and said we couldn't sell tickets to their platform. So it's been quite a journey of finding new venues. And I'm really, you know, I'm amazed by the generosity of the Sikh community who are who have opened up one of their banquet halls for us in Edmonton. And actually the Chinese Cultural Center in Calgary has opened their door. So uh, it's actually the cultural communities that are standing up to this woke mob right now. The event's called Protect Our Children, and I'm really excited about it. So that's been my major focus, that and the AGM, uh, combined with, of course, being a new father and, uh, and also, you know, trying in the background to continue working hard to provide money for my you know, family because Take Back Alberta currently doesn't really make any money but we're getting there we're getting how dare there. you provide for your family you capitalist pig how dare you <laughs> indeed indeed yes uh so this would be the story uh that the western standard published on this issue but it was it was quite crazy it was i wouldn't say like it, it made me afraid or bothered me we obviously just we changed where we were selling the tickets we we're selling them straight to our website now and uh, and we now have two venues, so they didn't stop what's anything. The, what's the website, or do you want to just post it in the comments here? Can you? Uh, yes, I believe I can. Hold on, I'll just share it. Taking back Alberta. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on tonight, David, is because uh, I you asked me if I would help get the word out about this, and you were kind of filling me in on the the cancel culture attacks that are happening uh, regarding this event. So I started looking into this a little bit. And James Lindsay, I like him because he's very controversial. Oh, and yeah. He's controversial because he's actually examining some of the things that are happening within our society, within our culture, and he's telling the truth about them. And people don't like that. Well, no, they don't like that. But, you but he's great. He's, 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 a, he's an incredible freedom fighter in America. Like, I, have you ever heard of the group called Moms for Liberty? No, I haven't. It's what it's a big group in America, basically mama bears, you know, getting together and saying, no, we're not letting them do this in our society to our children. And uh, he's on the board of that. Like he, he's a really cool guy. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm very honored that he's agreed to come. And not only that, to spend so much time here with us. So 
Yeah. Oh, really Trevor good. points out. He he commented they weren't trying to stop anything. Lo, lo, lo. They just didn't want to be a part of your message. Now it's interesting though. Uh, Eventbrite and Ticketmaster and a lot of these other places they don't mind being part of a message where uh, you know women are being object objectified or people are singing about murdering police or things like that. But when it comes to talking about um, you know. What, what was the phrase? What did he say? He said, Protecting critical kids. race theory is Marxist. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. And if you bother to read or listen to what he says about that and explaining it, it's very well thought out. It's very logical. And you can see why he's making that correlation. And it's right. He's right. But yeah, the problem think, is, I, it I doesn't is fit. Right. I agree. It doesn't fit with the woke left mobs idea of uh, what we should be doing. No. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't fit with that at all. I, I, I would tend not to engage with something that would fit with that. So, um, when is that? So that's going to be on October second uh, and third. Second in Edmonton and third in Calgary. I'm just trying to bring it up here. I can probably share the link. Give me a second here. Should have prepared. I should have. I should have. It's my there bad. No, I should have had it prepared. I didn't even think about it. I found it, though. I got it. I got it. There it is. Okay, there's the evidence. There it is, folks. Yes. Uh, it's on the Take Back Alberta website, and it's explaining what's going on, where it is, and you can get tickets right there, right? Yep. You can just buy them right there. Just say, how many do you want? and Purchase your ticket. Right on. So, uh, for those of you out there pounding your keyboards, I can hear it. I can actually feel it. It's rumbling. <laughs> So David and I, just, just a little history, folks. David and I, we don't agree on everything. We haven't always agreed. We've had our disagreements. Some Sometimes they've been quite passionate. But we do agree on something that's very important. We agree that we want this province to be free and prosperous. So anytime that we have an opportunity to work on stuff like this together or help each other out to achieve that goal, I'm all for it. And, you know, our, our, our differences... Um, and they're not even, they're not really differences. We just have a different approach to certain things. I've realized make us a little bit stronger and more effective because David, while you're more, you're more about getting people involved. Like you, you said in your, in the, in the take back of Bernie meetings, if you bring enough people, you win when it comes to politics, it's numbers, yeah. it's math. Um, math. You're very good at that. And on my side, I say, we have to make sure that when people show up, that they get the message and the education as to what they should be doing and why. And because if 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 the if people don't know what to vote for, they'll just vote for anything, right? So they're different opinions, they're different paths, but working together, they accomplish a lot. And we've really, really seen that in the last in the last year. What are some of the things that uh, Take Back Alberta has has helped to accomplish in Alberta in the last couple of years? Well, we uh, we ran a we've run basically five phases, I call them. But another word you could use for them is five campaigns, which is really just means we set an objective and then we work towards achieving it on a mathematical basis. It's how many people do we need to get to this place to win? So, in the case of the first phase, which was the special general meeting uh, to vote on whether or not Kenny remained the leader, a democratic vote that was provided by the Constitution of the United Conservative Party. Our objective to begin with was 5,000 people. We wanted to get 5,000 people to that meeting. 18,000 people ended up signing up. But uh, so it was a lot way beyond our wildest dreams. And uh, and we were successful in 
forcing Jason Kenney to actually cancel that meeting, which, you know, you don't cancel a vote. You think you're going to win. Yeah. That, that was something I remember. People were so excited. They had big plans. There's going to be oh, yeah. tailgate barbecues. And- it was going to be great. It was yeah. going to be great. But I mean, that ultimately led to his demise. And then phase two was teaching people how leadership races work. And you just, it's all about selling memberships and getting as many people as you can to vote as possible. And then phase three was uh, a little bit more nuanced. Not a lot of people do this in campaigns. Certainly not a lot of people do this loudly, but we went to the annual general meeting. It was at the River Creek Casino in Edmonton, and we uh, we elected a slate of candidates, nine out of nine. We won every single spot that we, uh, that we endorsed. The people we endorsed for those spots, they all won. And, uh, and then after that, phase four, or the fourth campaign, was stopping the NDP, which... Barely was accomplished, but we did. I would say it was a, a team effort by every conservative in this province. But I feel like Take Back Alberta played a significant role in that. And now we're in phase five, which is finishing the job with the annual general meeting that's coming up here in the fall. And then uh, we're on to the school boards. So that's kind of Take Back Alberta is just all about action items. We're just about what's the next, what's the next hill, what's the next objective. What do we need to achieve in order to move things forward? And I feel like, I do feel like we've been quite successful at that. And, and that is a testament to the hard work of literally hundreds of volunteers across this province. Well, it's, uh, I was really surprised, but be- because when that, when you started that, when that started to gain momentum, I spoke at a few events uh, and I, I thought I was still in the mindset that, there's no way this could be fixed. We just have to start over, wipe the slate clean. And you and I had that conversation many times. I believe that, you know, we need this just ship needed just to sink and we needed to get a new one. And you said, no, I really think if we bring enough people, we can, we can accomplish this. And while it's not as fast as I'd like to see, I mean, politics moves almost about at the same speed as the courts. Um, you know, I, I have to admit that there's been a lot of progress made. I mean, how many, how many, premiers have been forced to resign or entire boards have been replaced. That's amazing stuff. Now um, I I think we can keep doing this and uh, accomplish these things. I'm really glad you brought up the school board thing because uh, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but one of the things that's really hot topic right now is the uh, one, two, three crap and what's going on in the school and parental rights. Um, What do you, what do you see take back Alberta doing about that? Like what's the, What's the role Take Back Alberta and its members are going to have in, in that type of thing? Well, that, that, that's something we can fix because the school boards are in charge of the distribution of funds to schools. They approve the budgets that schools apply for. The, the school boards also hire and fire principals and the principals hire the administration of any given school. So the ultimate democratic authority within the education system is the school boards. Uh, of course, the Minister of Education has a lot of authority as well, but uh, we're going to run people for every single school board in this province. And we're going to we're going to win a majority of seats on every single school board. And then we're going to say, all right, we don't want this in our schools. And uh, we're not going to have this enforced. We're not going to, we're not going to allow this to be taught. And if there's a problem with that, you know, well, get more people out. But I know there's more of us. I've been having some amazing talks with uh, the Muslim community in this province and the Sikh community, and they're all on board. Every Everybody agrees this, this has to be done, and we're all working together. So uh, I would be shocked 
absolutely shocked if we don't win almost every school board seat. I would say a 75% is, is highly likely. And that sounds like enough to change things. So there's a good question. Uh, Shelly asks, how can I get on a school board? Well, uh, a school board, uh, like anything else in a democrat and a democracy, is you have to run for it. You have to put your name. You have to uh, submit yourself. Uh, the nice thing about school boards is uh, different. There's no political parties, right? So you don't have to be approved by a political party to run for school board. You just have to put your name forward and then campaign. And so, as I always say at Take Back Alberta, people can have great ideas, but if they don't bring any people, then their idea is no good. Right. To be a leader, you have to have people following you. And so if you want to be on the school board, you got to go get a group of people together that that agree you should be on that school board that will work to put you there. That's that's how democracy works. And that's why whenever anyone comes to me and says they want to do something politically, I say, OK, go get 20 people together and I'll come to you and I'll talk to those 20 people and tell them what to do. And I'll tell you, if they can't get 20 people together, I never talk to them again. Right. And it's not because. uh it's not because I don't care about them. It's not because I don't think they have inherent dignity. It's I know they're never going to win in politics because politics is just a game of numbers. Uh, how, how many people can you bring? And uh, and I've seen a lot of success from the people that can get people together, mobilize. I agree. Um, you know, there's so many questions. We're just going to fly through some more stuff. But I do want to come back to the James Lindsay event at the end so that it's fresh in people's minds and they know what they can do to to attend or uh, potentially help out. Here's a very, here's another burning question. This is a hot topic. And this question is being used against our current government. As a matter of fact, it's being used against you and I right now, not by this particular person, but you'll see what you see what I'm getting at. So Michelle says, why is everyone standing up to this gender stuff and not to the fact that health Canada just approved another untested shot for six months and older? Are these shots not more of a threat at the current time? What do you think about that? Uh, well, nobody's taking them. Right. Like, I mean, not nobody, like, but I think tiny, we're like 14% or something is a tiny, tiny fraction of the population is taking them. Um, I think we had Sean Buckley uh, out last night at take back Alberta and Edmonton. And he was talking about this very topic. And because the interim report for the NCI just was released, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't, I honestly don't think that the politicians can hide from what's happened for much longer. Right. It's uh, it's becoming very obvious. There's, I mean, I just had a report done up on the obituaries in Lethbridge and it's, it's insane. I'll send it to you after, but it's, it's a lot more people are dying. Let's just put it that way. I did. I did see that thing about the obituaries, but for, for me, it brought up a lot more questions than answers, but maybe. We'll oh yeah, but I've got it now. Anal a, a data analyst analysis for you that I can send you to. Someone did I'd it up to see going in take back Alberta. But uh, the, the point that I would say is, I don't, society's not quite ready to admit what's happened, right? We know, like, I know, you know, we, we went, we lived through it. We're watching it happen right before our very eyes, but people don't believe that, that yet, but I think they will. But the, so the answer is, I don't think we have to do anything about that. We're already, the fact that nobody else is getting the booster shows that people's actions are saying what they believe way more than their words. Their minds are going to catch up with their actions pretty soon here. And I think then there's going to be a lot of accountability that's going to need to be taken. And I would not want to be the people who who uh, were in decision-making roles. 
when when it becomes clear what's happened. But I mean, or would I? And and I also wouldn't want to be one of the people that's been uh, continuing to push and promote it and and persecute those who are speaking out against it. Like I know um, our our UCP government takes a lot of heat because they haven't done a full stop on this. But you know, just as well as I do, you've talked to a lot of these folks and they don't like this, you know? No. And one of the things I mentioned to people is that, uh, yeah, our government can do things, but there's a bureaucracy that remains from government to government and they're not our friends. They're not on our side. Like um, I talked to a, a good friend of uh, both of ours actually a little while ago and he, he reminded me that in our AHS bureaucracy, just for example, there's like 600 uh, uh, executives and I think four are conservatives, right? So that's the type of thing our government's facing. So, you know, it, it's horrible watching these things go on around us. It's terrible to think about what's happened. Um, but I'm I'm really trying to focus my energy on the future and making sure that this doesn't happen again, right? Because that's that's, that's where we got to go. That's what we have. We, we can't be talking about the past, but we have to set it up in such a way that it can never happen again. And we can do that. That we can do. I don't, I don't even know that because this is the unfortunate truth of the society we live in to answer the question that was given is that unless a lot of people care about something, nothing will ever be done about it. And right now there's not enough people who care about this issue for there to be something to be done about it. That's the honest truth. So the people have to show up and give the government a mandate to do the right thing. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. less about the government doing the right thing and more about the people demanding it. That is 100%. Uh, here's a great example. Okay. There are a lot of people in my generation and the one that has come after me. So I'm a millennial and then there's Gen Z. Those people are now more conservative than boomers, according to the polls. More of those people are willing to vote for either the PPC or the CPC. So the Conservative Party of Canada or the People's Party of Canada. More people in those demographics are willing to vote conservative than boomers talking about the, those retiring right now and more than gen x so my generation is now more conservative why housing that's it that's full stop people my age and younger if they have a normal job cannot afford to buy a house it's just almost impossible without help from parents or something like that and that is turning them conservative if we the want reality is slapping the ideology right out of them exactly exactly and and so so to to, to answer that like we are not quite yet where albertans believe what you and i know to be true it's just they haven't come to terms with that yet not enough of them have we're still a tiny minority who see the world that way but i think the actions of Alberta Albertans, the fact that they're not getting boosted, they're not lining up for the booster, they're not getting more vaccines. Yes, this vaccine was approved and a tiny fraction of those who took it two and a half years ago are taking it now. That tells me they know. They're just not fully willing to admit it yet. My, my opinion on part of that is I, I think it's shameful that parents are sticking that in their six-month-old children. Like, a, a, per, a, a child that's not at risk, statistically a 0% risk of this, and yet they're exposing them to the potential risks of the intervention. I, I it, It's so far out of my realm of understanding that it's impossible for me to put myself in that parent's shoes 
and try and understand what they're doing. Because all I can see is, all, all I can see is, you know, sacrificing your child's future to make you feel safer. And I, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's a real disconnect for me with that, that group of people. Well, here's the weirdest part of all, right? We know it doesn't work, right? Everybody got it. Everybody who got vaccinated got it. And they're it. still getting it. And they're still get, they're getting it and more. And they're getting sicker. Yeah. I don't smile because I'm happy with that. I smile because it's just so, it's almost, it's almost like a comedy. You know, it's, it's so blatantly obvious that, that what's, what's been done, what's been pushed on us hasn't been effective. And so far to the contrary that it's, I, I just, I have to laugh about it or I got to cry and I'll just choose to laugh because men don't cry. Right. No, it's better to laugh than cry about, but it, it is not. Yeah. I agree with the, the question. I'm just, we are in the minority that people don't believe that to be true, but I think the evidence is piling up. I have an idea. We should start a couple of groups that travel around Alberta and educate Albertans as to some of these things and how we can fix them. Yeah, that would be a good thing to do. We should, that would wait be a good. minute. We already did. Amazing. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope, Alberta. There there's hope. people out there. I think there. I think there's tons of hope. I think the fact that, that over 3,000 people have already signed up to the AGM should make everybody thrilled. Even yeah, if you absolutely. don't like the UCP, that's democracy, folks. That's people getting involved. That is exciting. exciting. Yeah, I want to point that out. The UCP plummeted. The, the membership numbers plummeted to like 8,000 or something at a low point, 15, folks. Yeah, From 132,000 to 8,000 in like, what, two years? Yeah, two and a half years, yeah. That's... And, and now... So, so the UCP were so unappealing to people that they wouldn't get, they wouldn't keep their memberships. They didn't sign up and they were just abandoning the ship like crazy. And now people that really don't care for the organization as a whole are getting involved because they know they can make a difference from within. And exactly. that's what David's been saying all along. And that's exactly. what I've been saying too. That's all I've been saying. And, and it's funny, right? Because... People don't get that, right? They're like, well, there must be something else going on. You must be doing some, you must be promising that you're going to get certain things passed. And I'm like, no, most of my time is spent telling people that this is their fault and that they need to repent and, you know, go the other way and actually get involved because their apathy is what has resulted in us getting here. And people understand that message and they get involved and they see things change rapidly. And, and as that happens, I think, I think as that happens more and more, I think people are going to come to the realization that actually maybe Jordan Peterson was right all along and we really need to just clean our rooms. Sorry, I'm texting my daughter. She says, the kitchen smells like gas. So, of course, I got to help her troubleshoot that. Fair enough. Uh, there's always something going on. Always something. <laughs> there is. There is. So, what can we expect to accomplish at the AGM this year? I know there's a boatload of policy, a lot of which I reviewed. Uh, Dennis Modry has ranked quite a bit uh, and, and, and showed us that. And some of the policy is pretty phenomenal, actually. So what do you, what do you foresee happening as a result of that AGM? Well, um, I'm, I understand that a lot of people are concerned about the policy and I, and I agree. And I, and I think there's a lot of great policies that were put forward, but I, my concern is making sure that the board of the party is grassroots. That's what I'm really focused on at the annual general meeting, because 
the people, policies are great, but politics is about people, right? Politics is about the people there. And I want to make sure that the people we're putting there have the highest character, most conviction, and and honestly, most competent. And so I've, I've been spending my time going around the province trying to recruit people to run for the board. We have a lot of good people running for the board. We have some some positions, multiple take back Alberta people are running. We've had all four of the people running for president speak at at least two of our meetings. Um, and I'm focused on that because that board makes a lot of decisions about nominees. And they interpret the policy. And they interpret the, well, yeah, and, and they interpret the policy, but even deeper than that, like if it's just a board that, that just does whatever the leader wants, then we're just going to end up in the same situation we did where we weren't ready for an election that we should have been preparing for for four years. And we have a leader that says he wants a new base two years into that term. Like we don't, we need, we need a party that's accountable to the members in the grassroots. And, uh, and that's why I'm concerned about the board because the board oversees things like nominations. The board is basically the people who lets people run for the party or not. Right. And I'm just, I'm a big believer that organizations are about people. And so I, I spend my time recruiting people that I can put there that I think are going to make good decisions. Cause I don't want to sit there deciding on every policy and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think anybody else does too, either. Like there's a lot of people doing that. They're called elected officials. I want to, I want to send a message. These are the policies that matter. And so the policies that matter to me right now is, I don't want any more electronic voting in this province ever again. I want it done. I want it done on the municipal level and I want it done on the provincial level. So there's going to be policies on that that you can vote on, that you can that you can send a message to our elected officials saying we want this done. Uh, there's going to be a policy on about the voucher system, money following the child and education. I think that's very important. There's going to be a lot of good policies. There was 220 policies. Like that's a that is a healthy party that you have 220 policies submitted. That's but a lot of people not, getting involved. Yeah, that's people getting involved, but there's not enough time for 220 policies to be debated. So, you know what else I want? Every six months, I want there to be a meeting of the United Conservative Party where we talk about policy just for two days. Why not? That's the grassroots being involved. That's us telling people what we care about. Let's do that. And you know what? The grassroots should be willing to chip in, you know, 100, 200 bucks each to do that. But if we do that, I think... I think we'll become a much more robust party. So I guess I'm less interested in the individual policies, although there are some, and I mentioned that I am very committed to pushing, but what I'm really interested in is what are the people, who are the people we're going to bring into this process and are they going to be accountable to the grassroots and, and build a more democratic party, not a less democratic party. Okay. So here's a question. I'm sure I think something like this came up Um, at the last AGM, uh, the almost the entire board was replaced. And it was all people, the majority of people were on what you would call our side. Uh, one of the things that I was confused about is that a good man named Tim Hovens still was unable to get his uh, nominated to run as a UCP candidate. What happened there? What was the, where did we fail? What can we do better? Well, so just so everyone understands, um, the way that the UCP board works is half are elected every year and they serve two year terms. So we actually only got exactly half of the board. There's 18 spots and we got nine. And uh, one person 
and uh, I'll let people figure out who it is because I don't like to talk badly about people necessarily, but or at least people that I have a relationship with. But one person uh, decided he was going to side with the Kenny people, the Jason Nixon, the people threatening Danielle that they would resign if uh, if she reopened Nixon's nomination. And one of the board members sided with them and and that meant they had a majority and they won that vote. But the beauty of this is that, that won't be the case after the end of this little election that we're in. Beginning of November, one vote's not going to matter because we'll have every vote. Uh, and if one person dissents, well, one person dissents. It's a tough, it's a tough gig because people want, <clears throat> and in pol politics is no different, but the average person, they want instant gratification. You want things to be done. Boom, boom, boom. You know, stop the jab, stop the, the voting machines, um, do this, do that. But it doesn't work like that in a democracy, right? You got to get enough people. You got to show up. You got to use, go through the, 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 uh, the mechanism to accomplish your goal. And you know what, folks, it, it it's not immediate. Um, but it can be done. And the alternative to getting things done uh, requires a lot more people and it isn't pretty. So while democracy isn't perfect, it's the best we have right now. And I'm, I'm really happy that we're making the strides that we are uh, to participate and change some things. And, and if I could say one last thing on that, uh, yep. a lot of people that you and I both know, because we're both central Albertans, uh, born and raised, for me, I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. Um, we know a lot of people that were involved in, in that Tim Hoven race. And we know a lot of people who kind of got discouraged that were elected to that board and, and things like that. And what I always say to those people when they ask me, well, what did we accomplish? I say, you have no idea the number of people you inspired when 500 of you showed up to an AGM and took over Jason Nixon's board. There's now 27 boards in Alberta that have been have been re, rejuvenated by the freedom movement, and uh, and are now really active, interested people who want to like get involved in their politics and their communities and their school boards, and it's beautiful. And 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 I don't think that the people involved in what happened with Jason Nixon realize how much they inspired a movement across this province, and it's happening all over. So um, next round, it should be it should be a shoe in to get good men like Tim Hovens on the ballot. I don't think it'll be a problem at all if we have a good board. So what happens then if a bunch of MLAs get their panties in a bunch and they decide they're going to resign? What do we do then? Then, I know we have we to re then we have to recall them. It'll be a lot of work. We have to recall them and replace them. Bingo. By-elections to replace uh, the the ones who are fans of tyrant and the old power structure with folks like us. Exactly. There is a loaded, difficult question here. And right. I'm gonna, it's from someone who I, I don't think they like you or me, but I'm going to put the question up there anyway, because uh, I actually think you'll like this question. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. So Bill says, uh, that is also false, referring to something we we're talking about, uh, the Premier, I guess. Bill says, I got out of the UCP because Smith sold us out like Kenny. Look at Jennifer Johnson and the UCP focus on reducing emissions. What are your comments on that? Oh, well, I don't think uh, I don't think that the UCP is done with Jennifer Johnson. 
I mean, we'll see, but I have a feeling that uh, I have a feeling whoever this person is needs to do a little bit of waiting, but I think things are going to get a lot better. I agree. In, in terms of the emissions targets, uh, I agree with him. I don't think we should be doing, I think, I think what we should be doing about emissions is producing as much liquid natural gas as we can and shipping it to the rest of the world. That's what I think we should be doing. That's, that's the only solution that Alberta could actually help provide to an emissions problem if admissions were a problem. Now, Danielle and I do not agree on this. And here's the thing. She's doing what she said she would in the leadership. She didn't say that she was not going to do anything about emissions. She literally said, I believe technology can fix our admission problem. And she's acting that out. So actually... I don't think that Bill is correct. I think actually she's kept her word on that. Uh, and I think in terms of Jennifer Johnson, I think he should have a little bit of patience and see what happens. I agree. So I'll, uh, I'll weigh in on this a little bit. When, when I watched uh, the response to the left woke mobs attack on Jennifer Johnson, I was infuriated because I know that Jennifer didn't say the things that they accused her of. Um, and one of the things that I want to see in politics is I want to see conservatives standing up for conservatives. But what people have to remember is that a few years ago, do you remember the Lake of Fire incident? So we had a, a conservative Wild Rose MLA talk about uh, gay well, people. Candidate. Being he was a candidate. Or a candidate, yeah, sorry. Being cast into a Lake of Fire. And, I mean, he shouldn't have said what he said. He apologized for it. And it was taken out of context, even though it was, you know, it was a it was a horrible thing to say. Anyhow, uh, our premier stood up for him, stood up for his religious expression and freedom to express himself. And she was crucified for it. I mean, the 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 other side, they ate the party alive. And that's why some of these things are happening right now. And no, it isn't right, but at least you should try to understand why our politicians do some of the things they do. It's because the alternative is probably losing the government. And, 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 and I think for people, perhaps like this man who wrote that, if, if he cares about Jennifer Johnson and the things she cares about, then why on earth would he want an NDP government? That's not rational. Everything we care about, if you care about, things like Jennifer Johnson talked about. And, and, you know, maybe she messed up her words a little bit. But if what she meant was an ideology that confuses children about their gender before they're, you know, even old enough to have a beer, if, if she was calling that dog shit, that is dog shit. I'll call it that, right? That's a bad ideology. Now, that's not what the left said, though, right? The left said she called those kids that. No. Those, those kids are are the victims of this ideology, right? They're, they're the victims of this stuff that's being pushed. But, you know, we can't have that nuanced conversation in a world where propaganda is literally being thrown at us every day. Like, let's not kid ourselves. We live in fifth-generation warfare, and fifth-generation warfare is being waged everywhere at all times. And it's propaganda by both sides, by everyone. If you don't think that you believe things that are actually propaganda, then you're not, you're not a humble person. You're not willing to like look at reality, right? Yep. 
I spoke to Jennifer shortly after that and she was devastated. Like she was in tears um, just thinking about, you know, that, that people thought that she would say that because she is, she's like one of the nicest ladies I've ever met. She would never say that about anybody, especially children. And uh, she was absolutely crushed that, that her words are taken out of context. So I'll, I'll give um, a personal example, right? I'll give a personal example. Uh, during the election, uh, there was a global news story that claimed that I don't want women to have careers and I just want them to have babies in the kitchen, right? In the kitchen? That would be messy. Well, you, you know, and stay in the kitchen, you know? Like, I want some kind of, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> Good catch, though. Um, what I mean is, basically, I got slandered. I'm still, if you bring up my name in normal people world, like not the freedom movement, most people be like, oh, that guy's radical and he's sexist, right? That's now what people think when they think about me. My wife has a career. She's very successful. My mother always had a career and I helped get Daniel Smith elected premier. But the facts don't matter, right? Because once someone smeared your name, people just are going to believe it because they live in a, because we live in fifth generation warfare. Now, thankfully, I don't care, right? I, I care very little what people think of me. I just go out and do what I believe is right. And uh, I let the chips fall where they may. And that, and that has caused me problems. You and I've, you know, we've been in discussions where I'll just be like, I think you're wrong. I'm a little bit blunt. Maybe it's the homeschooler in me, but I just, I don't care. And, uh, and that is, I think, a great, a great gift that's been given to me because I know that, that a lot of people get really upset. Like, like you said, Jennifer got really upset and rightly so. But, but I think, why are we getting upset that people are lying about us? I don't care that people say that about me. Let them say it, right? The beauty of it is when they say it, and then people actually come and listen at the Take Back Alberta meetings. They're like, you're nothing like they say you are. I'm like, yeah, that's the beauty of being honest. I agree. I've been victim to some of that too. Uh, I suppose I make my own bed as well a lot because I'm very sarcastic and, you know, I sometimes I'll make fun of people, which I probably shouldn't do. But anyway, yeah, I get where you're coming from. So just in a, one more note on that emissions thing. Um, the Premier and I don't agree on the uh, CO2 being a threat to man or hu pe people kind. I don't even know what to say anymore either. I don't, I don't agree with her on that. Uh, but what I do like about what she's doing is she's a very, a very sharp person, very sharp. She's looking at this issue and she sees the federal government wants to annihilate Alberta. They want to completely decimate our energy industry, oil and gas in particular. And she's looking at this and she's looking at what they want to do. And she's saying, well, what you want to do means we need to use more of our resources, not less. And here's why. And she's come up with this genius plan where she actually, we do what the federal government wants us to do while bolstering our, our energy sector, our resources, increasing jobs, increasing our, uh, our uh, output on the, on the global stage. And kind of giving a big old fu to the federal government. I mean, I, I I find it kind of comical, and it would be funnier if it wasn't playing with our lives. But uh, you know, I have to accept that she's at least trying to do what's best for the people of the province within these ridiculous bounds that the federal government has. Speaking of which, 
there was a lot of buzz. I, I thought that the province was actually going to be uh, gone by now. Wasn't it supposed to be all businesses supposed to flee? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's no, on no. fire. There's no, no more houses no, left no, because yeah, of the Sovietic Act? Chaos would reign, yeah, yeah. What happened? Uh, I mean, this was supposed to be the end of the world, but it seems like we're, we're at, better off. And now we're at $90 oil. Imagine that. Hmm. So some of these things, they work. I can't wait to get to a day when the people of Alberta have been educated as to the reality of CO2 and what it means for us. And our government can start getting in front of that parade. That's what I want to see. Unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. Uh, and I think one of the main concerns, if you look at the, the polls for what they're worth, one of the, th the main things people are concerned about all across this country is climate impact and what we're going to do. And it's not because it's the truth. It's because they've been pummeled with this messaging for years that we have to stop living so we can have a future, right? And uh, but we, we could change that in Alberta. Yeah, I think. And, and, and fortunately, education, if through education and fortunately, while we're getting to that point, we have people like Daniel Smith who are willing to go up against the federal government and say, no, we're not going to do what you want. We're going to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish with us. And we're going to do it our way because why? Because we're sovereign. It's genius. It is not and, perfect. And, and, and speaking about that and your uh, background there, uh, we now have a report on an Alberta pension plan. What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's amazing. And it's one of the things we speak about with APP all the time. Just to, to simplify this conversation as much as possible, folks, Alberta contributes on average per year three billion dollars more to the Canada pension plan than our pensioners receive. So three billion dollars for every pensioner in this province translates into around four thousand dollars four thousand dollars a year. Now tell me, do you know a pensioner in this province who wouldn't be better off with another four thousand dollars a year? it's 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 almost a no-brainer and this is something that we should be doing ourselves anyway the constitution actually lays it out so that the provinces are responsible for their pension plans at some point we decide to say hey federal government yeah you can do it because we don't want to do it we just we'll just give up our sovereignty there and we've <laughs> no. suffered for it our pensioners suffer for it absolutely right? you do. Yeah. what's what's the number for the asset worth do you remember what it is a 300 well, they're saying 368 billion of course the federal government's freaking out because that's half of of the cpp but mm -hmm. i think it's a good start for a negotiation don't you absolutely and we need all the leverage we can get and yeah. the other beautiful thing about this imagine that you're in the atlantic provinces or actually you know what let's uh, let's say newfoundland you're in newfoundland newfoundland is a net recipient of uh, cpp overpayment from alberta and other provinces and there's really that's okay whatever their pensioners need that they need that newfoundland sits on gas reserves that should make them an energy super giant they should be so prosperous in that province we shouldn't they shouldn't need a nickel from anybody and you know why they're not david you know why they're not it's mm. because they've made ideological ideological policy based on fairy tale junk science that says they can't be prosperous because climate change and it's okay because they'll just get money from the provinces that are prosperous 
that's threat. If that's threatened, all of a sudden that re that twig that's reality that's going like this, it flings back and it smacks the ideology ideology right out of them. They're back to reality and they wake up and they're like, hey, hey, we need we should be prosperous too. So you know what? This is going to be a really good thing all across Canada. It's going to be gonna... a great campaign, right? Because because yeah. at the end of the day, the province has been clear that the people are going to decide this. You and me are going to be going around telling people about this. A lot of people are going to hear about it. There's going to be a massive debate, and then the people are going to decide. It's going to be great. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's democracy at its finest. But I will say, we the, it, the, the pressure is on now, and I feel the weight because if we don't get out there and educate the people of this province as to why they need to vote yes to have our own pension plan, uh, you know, it, it will fail. If people don't know yeah. what to vote oh, for, absolutely. they won't vote for the right thing. Absolutely. So, and we need, and, and no matter what happens, even if Trudeau gets taken out, we still need our pension. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's just one small I, step. Oh, you're correct. I mean, taken out politically, as in no longer the prime minister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to make sure you really specify because yeah. otherwise it'll be on the, it'll be, you'll oh. be a meme tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's this is just one small step, and and Alberta Prosperity Project. We believe that this province should be sovereign, and almost all of our decision making, we shouldn't have a federal government intruding on our us charting our own course forward. That's the purpose of confederation, as opposed to a federation, is that we're left to we we can we can build our own futures. So any time I see something like this where we can take a small bit of that back, I'm more than happy to. Um, we got to throw, throw ourselves behind this. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Here's another one. So um, I take a lot of heat. Well, I mean, I just take a lot of heat. One of the things I've been hearing from people is that they're so upset about the premier uh, backing down on her province of an Alberta police force. Do you have a comment about that? I don't think she has. I, I think, I think that every single municipality in this province could request to have their own police force. And I bet you the province would approve it. I think it's up to us to do that. I heard that she's actually considering incentivizing municipalities to do that. They have already been incentivized. Grand Prairie already did it. Yeah. Yep. So the beautiful thing about this folks is that what, what the premier does and what the government's doing, and please take this with a grain of salt, because I by no means think everybody's perfect, but I love this idea. If you're faced with, uh, the if you're faced with the choice of um, forging ahead, kicking the RCMP out and getting everyone to adopt their own police force, having the opposition government go absolutely stark raving mad, mobilize the unions, marching in the streets and creating utter chaos. Or you say, OK, well, we're just going to shelve this, but we're going to incentivize municipalities to have their own police force. What do you think those municipalities are going to be doing? If this is something the people of Alberta want, if this is something you want, go through your municipality and get it done. You can get it done. And then Absolutely. when the rest of the province wakes up and says, hey, you know what? Grand Prairie, they, they're they still on the map. They have their own police force. Uh, you know, Red Deer does. Uh, Lacombe does. They're, they haven't been destroyed. And they're saving money and they have a better quality of service. Maybe we should do this. Then it's an easy transition. So you see this political stuff, as gross as it is to me, uh, it's interesting. It's like watching an episode 
of of House of Cards or Boston Legal, where you don't quite get it until it's almost done. Then you're like, oh, that was genius. I can't believe it worked out like that. But that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what else? Uh, there was a couple more questions. What are you doing? One of them was, what are you doing besides Take Back Alberta? Do you have a day job? Uh, no, no, not right now. I don't. Uh, I do raise money for a couple uh, like startups. My brother-in-law's got a automotive startup that he's trying to get going. It's I, it's exciting. I think he's got a great idea. So try to raise some money for him on that. Uh, I've raised some money for a friend who's got a lending company. I, I've just, you know, I have some a few people that I try to help them to get their business started. That's that I do that. And then my biggest, like everything that I really focus on, I've, I went into a lot of debt over the last couple of years uh, with take back Alberta, but we are actually doing great right now. I'm really encouraged by what's happening. Um, and I hope that, you know, take back Alberta could pay me a small salary soon, but the biggest thing that I do for money is raising money for, for other people to, for their so, business. Um, what would you call that? Not capital, a move raising, a capital raising. Capital raising. Ah, okay. So you do like consulting work kind of thing. Well, no more like, okay. So say like you wanted to, you know, you wanted a dump truck company, but you needed to buy like five dump trucks, right? And you didn't have the money to buy dump trucks. And you came to me and you said, look, David, I want to start this company. I have the idea. I'll operate it, but I don't have the money to buy the cap, the stuff I need to, to run it. I'll go and talk to people and try to find somebody who will partner with you. And, you know, they'll probably buy X amount of your company to do that. And then you guys work together and you're able to do what you want to do. And these people make money off your good idea. Hopefully that's the hope usually. Cool. So uh, needless to say, you, you develop quite the extensive network doing stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm very, uh, very blessed being in politics, running like all these campaigns, you get to meet a lot of great people. I, I say this at, at TBA meetings all the time. I, I know everyone has this idea that everyone in politics is horrible, but there's actually a lot of really good people in politics that just care. And they've always cared. And they've cared all these years, not just because of COVID. And I've met a lot of them and, and got to get to know these people. And, and they're the kind of people who, you know, I know a guy who, you know, he just trade, he buys grain from farmers and sells it to buyers, right? That's, that's his career. And he's a good friend of mine. And, and, you know, he has done well for himself. Uh, Derek Fildebrand, he's a good friend of mine. I helped him start the Western standard. He did a lot of it, but I helped bring money in for him. Things like that. I just, uh, I have a Sean Newman. I try to bring money in for him. I try to bring advertisers and stuff so he can keep putting his podcast out. My friend, Drew Weatherhead, same thing, right? It's, I just, I like finding, I love entrepreneurship. I love people who want to build something. Now, if they have a bad idea, I'll tell them I think it's a bad idea. There's a lot of people that bring ideas to me and they say, I won't, can you get money for this? And I say, no, I think, I, I don't think that's a good idea. So it has to be a good idea, but I enjoy it. It's fun. And I love entrepreneurs. I, I love cr that creative force. Interesting. So we are, uh, we're almost at an hour. And I said we bring it back to uh, Mr. Lindsay. But before I do that, let's touch quickly on another real hot potato. Nah, yes, yes. You Let's... know what I'm going to say? WEF. Yes. Ditchley. Mm -hmm. yeah. What do you want to say about that? Well, uh, I'll say this. 
if I'd known that everyone would get so hot and bothered that I was on the Ditchley board, I just wouldn't be on the Ditchley board. But now I have this catch 22 because I don't like being told what to do. And all these people are like, you're part of Ditchley, so you must be World Economic Forum. And I'm like, well, now I'm not going to quit just because you told me to. But the truth of the matter is uh, a very good friend of mine uh, is a senior staff at Ditchley. And he invited me to get involved to bring in the perspective of a grassroots conservative into a very liberal institution. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And my very first meeting was in New York and there were ambassadors there and there were high level people. And uh, I, I called them out and said, I didn't think that they understood people and that a lot of them were very anti-Trump. I was pro-Trump. I actually met a good friend of mine uh, at one of these who actually worked in Trump's White House. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because that's not my place, but uh, and we became very good friends. He's a very strong Catholic, good guy. Uh, and I met him at a Ditchley conference. It's a great place to meet really interesting people. I've met, I met a lady in uh, London, became a good friend who uh, who fought the vaccines the whole time in, in London and never wore a mask, even on the tube and carried around a little, uh, you know, I met her at a Ditchley conference. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let a loser, frankly, or someone I consider to be a loser, uh, make me feel ashamed of my friendships and connections just because someone read, you know, some mission statement on some site. Uh, I, I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy debate. I love, I love telling elites that I think they're stupid. I enjoy it. I did it to Kenny. I, I, you know, people don't know how to take it. Right. I don't have the Oxford education. I don't have the, uh, you know, the elite pedigree, but I don't think any of them are smarter than me. And I tell them that, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm not going to apologize for speaking the truth in a place that is very liberal. I enjoy it. So are you saying, are you suggesting, David, that you can be friends with people who don't share the same opinions as you, and it doesn't mean you're a, a global elitist? I mean, I'm going to live my life that way, and whether people believe it or not is pretty irrelevant to me. Well, you know, I... I uh... I have friends that don't agree with me on everything. As a matter of fact, one of them who we've been quite uh, standoffish and heated debate over the last three years, George Clark, I, th I think you know him too. He actually called me yesterday about the Alberta pension plan. He says, you know what, Chris, we don't agree on everything or maybe even much these days, but I know we agree on this. And can we work together to try and make it happen? And I said, of course we can. You because know, it's, I funny. it's funny you mentioned him because I'll say this. You know what? I have gained some respect for George Clark because uh, I was at uh, Devin Dreeshin's event during the stampede, just saying hi to friends. And uh, he came up to me and shook my hand and took a picture with me. And he said, you know what? Let's buy, let's let bygones be bygones. And to be fair, I feel like, you know, he said a lot of crap about me, but you know, he came up and he shook my hand and I respect that in a person. And that, that means something. And that means that even though there's some heated debates, most of it is on social media, if not all. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't be human to each other. He came into my restaurant and sat down and had breakfast with me. Like it would have been a couple of years ago now, but it was in the midst of the heated debates. And he said, you know what? You know, we're really kind of at each other's throats, but you want to have a coffee? And I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? And I think if we could do a little bit more of that, we would be way, way better off. And uh, I think if maybe if we could have a little more understanding of each other, for instance, 
you know, David sits on the board of Ditchley, who is a like apparently likes what the WF is doing. I, I want to remind people 10 years ago, 15 years ago, did you know that the WF was bad or did it just seem like a, a cool club to be belong to? And you're so virtuous. If you go to these meetings, that's what it was. It was a club. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Now us smaller, probably a minority we've figured out that, Hey, what these guys are doing is it's not bad. all roses. It's not it's good bad. for humanity. It's the opposite. And we're speaking out against it. And slowly but surely, uh, we will win those people over because I think at, at at the core, most people believe in humanity. I'm sure the WF elite don't, but we do. And uh, yeah, can, can if I, we can, can I speak to that for a moment because I think yeah, it's I want to give a good example. Teachers, okay. I actually really love teachers. I think a lot of them are very good people. They spend all day long with kids. These are generally empathetic people. I don't know about you. I could not spend all day with 30 kids. One of my best friends, close, like met him in university. He's a teacher right now, grade five over in the UK. And he's exhausted at the end of the day. And he just had twins. So the guy's just wrecked, right? Like he's got no life in him. And I don't know how he does it. I don't think I could go and, and spend eight hours a day with, with that many kids and not be utterly exhausted. So I want to say I have the utmost respect for teachers, but I think that their empathy is being used against them to push an ideology yep, right now. I agree. I think, and, and, and I think it's important that we don't blanket people that are like, let's take the teachers union, for example, right? There's a lot of, bad things coming out of the teachers union that I hate and I, and I want to stop. But I, I don't think that most teachers are bad people. And I don't even think most people in the teachers union are bad people. I just think they're being used to push an ideology that is bad. That's what I believe. And, uh, and so when we look at something like Ditchley, okay, they have something on their website. It's been pointed out a million times that says that they support, Things that I don't support, many of the people watching this don't support. Well, I'll tell you, I don't think that makes everybody at Ditchley bad. I've met the people at Ditchley. I'm part of that organization, and I'll say I love a lot of what they're doing. I love the network that they're creating around the world of people who, who want to talk about important issues because we need more people talking about important issues. And that's literally what it's about. They get people together and they hash it out. They don't claim that they're running the world. They don't claim that they control leaders. None of that. It's literally just let's get together and talk about the biggest issues facing us as a, as a species. Democracy is the one that they often invite me to talk about. And I do think our democracy is in big trouble. And I tell people that when I go. So I think that if you're going to write everybody off that is associated with anything you disagree with, I think you're a pathetic person. So what you're saying is we don't have to all agree on everything and we can find alignments where they exist and work towards greater good. We have to. We have to. We have to. I would agree because we haven't been doing that. We've been allowing ourselves to be put into little boxes to be compartmentalized and divided. And if you're you know, if you voted for this party, you can't do anything with these people. Or if you believe in this, you can't work towards this. You know, and that's what's put us in this predicament. How many people watching right now are thinking, 
you know, the UCP did this to us. How I will not support them at this UG at this AGM, right? They're yeah. they're 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 stuck, unable to find an alignment to work towards the greater good. And I get it because of all you know of all the people watching, um, I've been I'm not going to say the most, but I've been vastly affected by what the UCP did at the beginning of the pandemic. I really have been, and I despised them, the whole organization. They, the things they did they so. allowed to happen. Rightly so. It, it was crappy. But I realized that they're not all bad. The, 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 if a conversation starts with all politicians are bad or all politicians are evil, that person's nothing but a politician trying to tear everyone around them down to get the support to them. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. not true. There, yeah. There's good people and there's bad people in every organization from the UCP to the NDP to Ditchley to, well, everyone there is good. But. Can I take it one step further? Yeah. We're all bad people. The, the wow. line between good and evil goes through the heart of every man. And if you got someone telling you that they're the bad guy and I'm the good guy, I will never tell you that. Even though I really don't like Jason Kenney and I don't like Jody Kondak and I don't like Justin Trudeau. It isn't those individuals that I'm fighting. I'm not fighting individuals. I'm fighting bad ideas. Kenny, it was an, he didn't care about democracy. He, he didn't just disrespect it. He raped it right in front of us. He canceled the meeting. He knew he, he canceled the vote. You're not allowed to cancel votes. That isn't how democracy works, right? In the case of Jody, she's push, pushing this crazy climate agenda down the throats of every Calgarian. In the, in the case of Justin Trudeau, the list is endless. But the point is, it's not them as people that we need to hate or fight. It's the bad ideas. Because the truth is, we probably have bad ideas too. And we need to eradicate them from ourselves. And when you're fighting and attacking and you know, conflicting with an idea as opposed to a person, then you can love everybody. I'm not good at it. I'm, there's, when people attack me, I, I like to fight back. I'm a scrapper. I, you know... My my ancestors are Scottish and Irish. We've been scrapping forever, right? I, I like, I like a, a good argument. But at the end of the day, I need to be more loving. But the truth is, we're not we're not in a war against one another. We're all the same, right? We all are moral beings that need to make, you know, make more good decisions than bad decisions, but we're not black and white. No individual is black and white. And we need to get we get we need to get that out of our head. If you believe that there's good guys and bad guys, your view of reality is way too simple. Are there people doing horrible things? Yes. Do they need to be stopped? Absolutely. But is there a good or a bad person? No. No, we're we are we are all broken, sinful people. Well, on that note, I will say that uh, I'm sure glad that there's some grace offered to us to help with that matter but that's a conversation for another time absolutely i, I couldn't agree more we, we need to be more grateful yep absolutely and we're about 10 minutes over the hour i said i'd only take an hour of your time i know you have a busy evening of not sleeping and feeding a baby <laughs> well thanks for having me i i honestly always enjoy these and sh should we talk just a brief oh. moment about the james Lindsay event again? yeah let me bring it up here i almost okay. forgot thanks for reminding me Okay. And I want to be I want to be clear about something uh, about this event. This man is probably the most brilliant mind on this topic 
I've ever encountered. When I listened to his podcasts, I was driving back from Bonneville from a TBA meeting down to my home. It's about a six hour drive. And, uh, and I was driving and at the end of that drive, I'd listened to two or three podcasts and I cannot tell you the sense of relief I had. I was like, finally, finally, someone has explained to me what we're up against. If you come listen to him, you will understand it. And then he has a ton of free stuff you can listen to online on his podcast, on YouTube. Uh, he provide, has tons of material. Do it because this man has gone in. He's studied what they believe and he can explain it. That's awesome. So again, one more time, where and when? So two events. There's going to be one on October 2nd in Edmonton at the Maharaja Hall. And then you can see, find that on the website, uh, all the information, takingbackalberta at gmail.com. And then there's also going to be one in Calgary at the Chinese Cultural Center. So that, and that'll be happening on October 3rd. Both are, both events are happening at 7 p.m. You can buy tickets at takingbackalberta at gmail.com. Sorry, you can buy tickets at takingbackalberta.ca slash events. There's the Edmonton one and the Calgary one there. Uh, if you don't want to buy it online, you can e-transfer the money to takingbackalberta.gmail.com. And uh, please send your name, address, phone number so we can send it to you. Right on. Well, I'm going to do my best to try and attend those. Please I've do. Got a, I've got a pretty busy fall coming up too. Uh, APP is about to launch uh, a tour with, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet. Maybe I'll say it tomorrow. But anyway... We've got speaking engagements lined up all across the province where uh, Dr. Modri and I will be joined by a very special guest to help the APP crowd uh, understand how they can be ambassadors for independence, how they can have the conversation about Alberta independence and sovereignty with their friends and neighbours. So that's uh, something I'm really excited about. And I'm also really excited about things like this because every time we bring in one of these speakers that has these insights, it gives us the tools, resources, and education we need to be the change we want to see in the world. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm excited about this and uh, I'm excited about the uh, other events that we've been talking about recently. And I know people are going to be super excited to hear about it. So, yeah. 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 And I guess we could tease it. Let's just tease it. I think TBA and APP are working on doing a very big event together. And uh, we hope to announce it, I guess, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. And I'll formally announce that once I've uh, talked to the rest of the board and we're, we're ready to rock and roll. But I, uh, I think it's going to be I think we're going to have a good time with this. And it's going to be a very busy year and it's going to be a very effective year. And I have a lot of hope for this province and the people in it because uh, we're, we're hungry for change. And all we got to do is show up. It's pretty simple. That's that's literally what it will take. That's exactly what it will take. Oops, right on. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to go to bed then. Yeah, I'll head out. So have a good one. Have a great night, and we'll we'll talk again soon. I would encourage you. There's there's a lot of comments in here. People, that, some people are having a hard time understanding what we're saying. Uh, maybe I'm not communicating some things as effectively as I can. Maybe people don't want to hear what we're saying. But if you get time, maybe just scroll through there and see if you see some comments that jump out at you and and maybe respond to them with your with your take on that. And okay. you know, if people are receptive to it, they are. And if they are, aren't, I guess, then they can do their own thing. But 
Sounds good. Sounds good. There we go. All right. All right good well, week. good night, David. Thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, David Parker with Take Back Alberta. That that uh, Dr. James Lindsay event looks pretty good. Uh, I want to do my best to attend it, and I hope that you will as well. And I just want to say I want to thank everybody that watches these things and takes time to comment, uh, takes time to come out to events and listen to people like David and I speak. We really do appreciate it. And just seeing that there's this many people involved and actually commenting and reacting even if it's laughy faces i think it's kind of funny that on a saturday night there's uh people who don't like me that aren't doing anything but sitting at home on their phone watching me putting laughy faces on my podcast some life anyway anyway thank you guys and girls for uh for being involved because as david once told me and as I've really known all along, but he just had to articulate it. In this democracy, if we bring enough people, if we show up, we win. It's very simple. It's math. One and one is two, two and two is four. And uh, if you want to, <laughs> apparently two and one and one plus one is two is a, is a white privilege thing, apparently. But that's a topic for another day. So thank you for uh, watching and staying involved. And uh, have a great night. We will. <laughs>